It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Well, this year, the Burlington Greyhounds football is going to be brought to you on Round Guy Radio by Flint Cliffs Manufacturing. Flint Cliffs Manufacturing is a full-service metal fabrication shop located in beautiful Burlington, Iowa. Flint Cliffs is now hiring for welders, painters, and machine offers for both first and second shift. Call 319-752-2781. You tell them Round Guy Radio sent you. Well, Flint Cliffs Manufacturing of uh, Burlington, Iowa, presents the Burlington Greyhounds. I've got uh, uh, Scott Mason and uh, Coach Flaherty from KBUR. They're the voice of the Burlington Greyhounds. Welcome back to the program, guys. Hey, how are you? Well, I'll tell you what, guys. Uh, um, uh, Roger Hornsby was asked once, what do you do uh, in the off season?" I said, stare out the window and wait for spring. Uh and when the football season's over, I just stare out the window and wait till I can talk to you guys again. Uh, my life's kind of incomplete without you, especially Coach Flaherty there. Uh, well, it generally is for most people. We understand that. <laughs> well, uh, I've been asking all the coaches uh, around, including uh, Coach Creckle there in Burlington, you know, what does it take to get your team ready? How's your team looking? What does it take to get a team in three weeks and four days ready to kick off against another team? But uh, I kind of have a unique question for you guys as broadcasters. What do you guys have to do to get ready for the season? You know, I just show up on Friday. You know, that first Friday I'm ready. No, I'm just kidding. You know, you're talking to the wrong guy because I probably, uh, for a high school broadcaster, um, and this is going to sound self-serving, I don't mean it to, but I probably over-prepare if that's possible. Um you know, probably 10 years ago, I started kind of a passion project. I wanted to, when John retired and came up to the booth and, you know, John and I are such close friends, we can probably, we could talk, we could describe paint drying and hopefully make it entertaining. But, you know, there's a lot of dead air in high school football and it gets repetitive if all you're doing is talking about play after play after play after play. And so I wanted to jazz up the broadcasts. And so I started going to the library and I started trying to track down all the scores that I could for Burlington High School to just kind of create a little something extra for the broadcast. Well, that has really turned into uh, I have more stats, I think, about Burlington football than I'd ever want to have, but it makes our broadcast that much better, I hope. Um, so I, I'm like you. I mean, and especially when the Cardinals stink like they have this summer, uh, baseball season is nothing more than a bridge from one football season to the next. And I'm always thinking about whether it's the Hawkeyes or the Bears or, in this case, Burlington High School football, um, I'm always looking for opportunities to, to add to whatever statistical database I have. And so in that respect, I'm probably, you know, I'm always thinking about it. And come a week from Friday, um, you know, the goal is to have a little something that maybe nobody else knows about. And, uh, you know, we'll make that a little more entertaining. And they'll go, hey, you know what? I didn't know that. That was that was fun to hear. 
and and for me, uh, I'm a football nerd in the other sense because I love watching video. I'm very blessed to have some coaches who allow me to get onto their huddle accounts. And so I, I get a chance to watch game film and my wife gets extremely angry with me when I get on Mediacom and I'm watching high school games out of Minnesota or Missouri or Indiana. And I just for me, I just like looking at what's new uh, coming down from the pros to the college, to the high school level in terms of uh, strategy and, and, and scheme. And then the other part I like doing is that uh, I, I get a chance to go to the high schools around Southeast Iowa and I talk to the coaches and I just like to talk about players and I like to talk about, you know, how their off season has gone, what their conditioning has been like, what are, whether they do it in another sport, uh, just so I can get a little bit of inside information when we're talking during the game. Scott does a great job with all the stats and going through the history. Uh, I, I just try to feel my part on a broadcast is just to try to provide a little bit more of a different flavor when it comes to what you're watching. Uh, you know, being an old offensive lineman, uh, I like looking inside the three-yard box that nobody really looks at until an official throws a flag. So uh, I, I enjoy describing what's going on inside there. Why Scott uh, gets to have all the fun of describing the action at the ball. Um, and I think together we were able just to be able to have a conversation of two guys sitting in the stands watching a ball game. We just happen to be mic'd up while we're doing it. Yeah, and I one last thought on that. You know, John, the thing that that he brings to the table, and, and bless his heart and God rest his soul, Jimmy Myers was a partner of mine for five years, and Dick Wagner was a partner of mine, and Rich Harlow for uh, the people down in Fort Madison was a partner of mine. So I've had some great partners. What John brings to the table that even they didn't was a vast knowledge of football. You know, Jimmy was a basketball coach by trade. Dick Wagner was a baseball guy by trade. Rich Harlow, I think, is kind of, he's everything to everybody by trade. But John was on the sidelines for 30 years, was a player before that. And so, as I say a lot of times on the broadcast, I chase the ball. That's my job as the play-by-play guy between plays. Then John really gets to add. I mean, color commentary is what he does. He adds the color. He makes the description of why that play just happened and then helps us set up the next play. Well, uh, Coach Flaherty, once again, uh, uh, something you said right off the bat really connected with me because I also know what it feels like to have my wife, your, my wife mad at me. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think any husband is alone in that. <laughs> I think everybody... You know, if, if we're not doing it right, unless our, our wife is calling at us to get something fixed. No, that's for sure. And and, and I don't know why she keeps on me, because she has to tell me every six months, I'm going to do it. Uh. Well, yeah, I mean, it's eventually <laughs> going to get done when I call the guy to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you say the best, the best way to do it is just to plead ignorance. I don't know how to fix that. And then if you've got the, the resources, you find somebody else to get it done right. Every time I try and fix something, it goes wrong. Well, I'll tell you what, guys, and I could uh, uh, use a little advice from you. Uh, I'm glad I got you here on the phone because uh, uh, I'm going to start doing some play-by-play. I did a couple games last year, but I didn't feel like I was very good at it. You know, with the basketball, kind of came, it didn't take me long to kind of get up to speed, and I was up to speed with the baseball before 10 years before I started doing it, you know. But, I mean, I know how to – but those sports kind of move. There's a lot more breaks in between, you know. 
And uh, uh, I know what it's like to listen to a guy on the radio that's not doing a great job of describing what's going on. Uh, um, what do you and, and and I got a partner sometimes as Andy McGuire's with me, you know, and 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 he's like Coach Flaherty for you, Scott. You know what I mean? He's he, you know, whenever there's a lull or something, he's right there to step in there and pick it up or give some analysis or or things. But uh, sometimes I'm working alone. And uh, 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 what's the? I mean, like like for example, the rosters is is sometimes difficult for me to pronounce kids' names or to quite understand right off the bat who's got the ball and and. Who's intercepted the ball and all that stuff? You got any tips for me for making this thing a more tolerable listen? Well, you know, I don't know if it, it, the the luxury we have in doing Burlington for nine weeks is that by about midway through week two, we pretty much know the Burlington guys by their numbers. Uh, and we're also lucky a lot of places we go have turf. And so you don't have mud issues or things like that. Uh, so, you know, in that respect, doing a home team for nine weeks, that part gets, I won't say easy, but it, as the season goes on, I rarely have to look at my roster sheet. I know who is who. There is a challenge in doing other teams. And, and I'll be honest, when you've got a, another full-time job, I don't necessarily have the time to sit there and, and study opposing rosters. But, you know, you know who the skilled position players are. I put together a, a, a weekly one-page sheet for John and I that, that we kind of have the key players and the key stats right at our fingertips. And we know who these guys are. Um, you know, and as the season goes on, obviously stats accumulate and those who have bigger stats, you become even more aware of. So uh, I don't know that I have a tip for you. A lot of it is just being probably blessed a little bit with recall. Dick Wagner used to tell me that he was amazed by my recall. And as, as years go on, it gets harder and harder to recall names and numbers. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I love, yeah. And so I, I don't know. I just, if you get the chance to do, are you doing one team throughout or are you jumping around doing various teams? Cause that's a real challenge. Cause if you're doing like high school basketball, one day, one game on Tuesday and another totally different game on Friday with two, two different teams, four teams total, that becomes a real challenge. Yeah. And that's exactly what I do. Uh, uh, it gets you to, you know, see a lot of games and it's, it's, it's a, a great, you know, uh, like with basketball, it's just five guys to learn, you know, or, or, Seven but or eight, moving you know. very quickly, but moving very quickly. And it's and, and there's not there's a lot of you know there's a lot going on there. Uh, there's a lot going on every fifth minute or something or third minute in football, you know. So there's a lot of a lot of stuff we got to do. Well, I appreciate uh, all that that you're uh, 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 that's all very good information. I appreciate that. Well, uh, we talked enough about the broadcast, and then let's talk about the football end of it. Uh, Coach Flaherty. Tell me, have you seen the, the boys? Have you been to a practice? Have you talked to Coach Crackle? What do they got going on over there? No, this would be the first year that I've not been on site uh, during preseason. My schedule's kind of precluded, precluded me to be uh, elsewhere. So uh, what I get to do again is I get to watch a lot of video. And so I've been uh, watching that, uh, been looking at rosters and, and just kind of looking at um, – I'm not a big social media fan, uh, but you do get a chance to glean a little bit of information from X and from Instagram or, or from Facebook. And so you draw a little something out of that. So 
what I'm what I'm excited about, Brown Guy, is the fact that I'm looking at an 80 man roster uh, right now, and that we're looking at about 15 to 16 seniors that are coming back, and uh, in that in, be- in that in between time between Zach Shea and and Jim Kreckle, uh that was kind of a lull, and I think because of the success that they've had over the last couple of years you've seen a rise in the participation. And so that's really exciting. Plus the fact that our lower levels have had very, very good success uh, at the seventh and eighth grade level. So I am excited because I think on the horizon are a few more JB games as well. And, and you, we all know sitting on uh, this broadcast that the more reps you can have, uh, the better your product is going to be. So uh, I'm excited to see. I'm probably going to sneak down there uh, sometime this week before we get into the scrimmage with West Burlington. Uh, again, talk to some of the coaches, talk to some of the players, uh, try to get a feel for, for what's going on. Well, that, uh, I'm actually going to call the junior varsity games. Uh, I want to be home so I can make sure I can see the Greyhounds and and uh, uh, Moravia and uh, New London and everybody else, you know. That I can I can be watching at home, but I'm going to do the those, those JV games because there's a lot of Monday night games and, and things that I can get to, uh, and I feel like it'll help me better. And if I make some mistakes at the JV games, I think they'll forgive me a little bit. But uh, Scotty Mason, uh, you are going to go through your vocabulary and all your terms and phrases to describe all the way that this uh, young kid uh, Shizzle who makes it sizzle. Uh, is going to be breaking no, no, around no, the No, 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 no. It's Shizzle the Missile. Oh, Shizzle it's the not, Missile. Well, not, I like that too. Although, although that came from Flair, and I stole it, and he was Shizzle the Missile all year long, but I kind of like Shizzle who sizzles. Well, he is. I, he I, does create some. He, he could be yeah, he the. He could sizzle. be Shizzle the Missile with the sizzle. Just think if it starts to drip and. If, Drizzle. So, right. uh, okay, move on. What What do you want? Well, tell <laughs> me about what are you What are you thinking about this kid? He's going to be going up the middle. He's going to be going around the end. He's going to be He's going to be changing directions. He's going to be making guys miss. I mean, what are we going to see out of this kid? Well, you know, there's there's a a piece of this puzzle that's missing this year that he's had the last two years, which is Nolan Simpson. We graduate Nolan last year, who was his fullback. And I mean, and we also, you look at the offensive line, there's going to be some turnover from the last couple of years to this year. So it may be a different Caden Shizzle that you see this year from the tailback position than what you've seen the previous two. Last year, seven yards of carry, over a thousand yards in his nine games. And uh, there was some some running up the middle. And, and that was a lot of what Brian Williams did the year before as well. But I think at least in the early going, you may have to get some some yardage on the edge because you just don't know what you've got inside. Now, if and John will be able to talk to this a lot more, if you get good push from your center and two guards, then you can run between the tackles and, and feel pretty good about the power game. But I don't know that the run game this year, at least looking from the outside in, is built for power as much as it's going to be for speed. I mean, they've got Shizzle, who went over seven games. They've got his backup, Demetri Donald, who's going to get plenty of carries. We averaged four and a half a, a carry last year. So uh, they're going to be able to run the football, but both those guys are more burners than they are power guys. So we're going to find out 
probably these first four weeks, John and I have talked about the importance when you look at our district of these first four games, uh, not only because you got to put wins in the win column, but you also got to figure out what you can do to move the football. And then you add into the fact that Crackle came out in the Hawkeye last week and said, we'd like to throw the ball a little bit more. Well, you can't really do much more than throw more. Gabe Robinson had 28 yeah, passes a year ago. You can't throw less. No, you can't throw any less. So, uh, you know, if, if Gabe can be effective throwing the football and you can start to roll him out, work off a of play action, things like that, then teams won't be able to put seven, eight, nine in the box to try and stop the run game. And this run game averaged 320 yards a game last year. So uh, it's an effective game. That's what Kreko likes to do best. But if you throw some extra wrinkles in there, it can, if you, if you want to think about it, could be even better. Well, uh, Coach Lequel there in Columbus Junction had a couple big horses. Uh, he still has one of them, uh, one of them graduate. Well, he's got another one coming on. That's how, how it seems to work. But uh, he, I asked him one time, I said, you haven't thrown the ball in three games. And he says, yeah, but we're getting 12 yards of carry. He says, there's just no point in doing anything else. You know, It's hard to argue with that kind of logic, isn't it? No, you know, Coach Crackle will tell you that when you throw the ball, three things can happen and two of them are bad. So... Um, if he if he could get away with not throwing the ball at all, I think he might actually do that. And I know that when they have the lead, they're going to want to uh, eat that clock as much as they can as they have throughout his entire tenure. So uh, the ability to throw the ball is going to be crucial, I think, this year, especially in the first couple weeks when you're missing uh, – two-fifths of a, of a great offensive line that they had over the last two years. So uh, you're going to return John Chulka. You're going to return Xavion Baker. You got Caden Huff, Solomon Cordero as a, as a tight end. And then it's just where, who, who steps in? Is it Mason McAllister? Is it a Micah Sock? You know, who, who steps up to, to the plate to end that, uh, to, to fill those gaps. And of course, we talked about the fullback position. John Phillips had a really great year as a uh, curtain raiser running back, and he is certainly a physical guy as a wrestler who could be that fullback type. Uh, uh, you have a Kane Zog who is a freshman who played quarterback, but is you know the Zog guys are really tough dudes, and and so they don't mind getting physical. So he might be a guy who steps up into the plate. You got a guy by the name of Ray Gutierrez and Cole Lair. Uh, who could also fill fill that void? So they, you know, the good thing is they've got some cards to play with uh, to kind of figure out and and, and to kind of see because you know Caden's going to probably get seventy to eighty percent of the carries during a game. Well, through the seventies, eighties, and nineties, peak in school had a coach named uh, uh, Tom uh, Stone, and he he wound up he's a Hall of Fame coach. And he was just like Coach Crackle, just run, 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 run. But he'd throw like two passes, one in the first half and one in the second half. But they were almost always for touchdowns. Uh, so, Coach uh, Flaherty, tell me, how do you lull the other team into to sleeping on run, 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 run? And how can you take advantage with the play-action pass or, or just by giving them something they don't even think they're going to see? One, you be effective with what you're doing with the running game, uh, and, you, and you've got to be effective. But this is such a different offense than the rest of these eight teams 
that they'll have to see. It's a totally different preparation. When we were in the MAC and we were preparing for Pleasant Valley, our week of preparation was totally different than any other week. And you have to spend a lot of time talking about assignment football. So now you have these guys on defense who are looking about, okay, I got to watch a guard. I got to watch a fullback. I just got to worry about the quarterback. And so then as assignments uh, get focused in on, you get lost in that sequence of a play. And we saw a lot of that in the last two years with Alex Fawcett. He would leak out somewhere and he would be, I don't know, Scott, probably 10, 15 yards uh, open. And it was just a matter of making sure Gabe had the right touch to get there. Now he's had two years to progress in this thing. Uh, so he's only going to get better. So it's just it, it, the, the, the most important thing, Ron guy, is that they've got to stay to script. They can't let themselves get caught up in, in what we call being behind the change. You can't be second and nine, uh, third and eight. You've got to be able to be in those situations where you can throw a play action pass because they're going to be trying to take some uh, some gambles and, and, and sending some extra guys into some gaps to try to stop the running game. Well, Scotty Mason, uh, what? tell me, where do you think? Are we going to lead this team with the defense? Are we going to lead this team with the offense? Uh, uh what what are you what are you looking at this team? Uh, what do they got to do to perform well? Uh, flip a coin. Who, who who knows going into a season? That's the beautiful thing about a, a season, and especially a season where you could start with four games against teams that were in your district the last two years that are going to be the same as you on the other sideline. So you've got some time to figure these things out. I, I you know, the the easy the easy answer to that is you're going to be able to run the football because you've got all of that production coming back. Caden Shizzle, 1,081 yards. Dimitri Donalds, we talked about, 246 yards. Austin Loper and Mason Boyer, Cody Whitaker also contributed. What you've got is 0%, 0% of last year's 12 catches coming back. So you don't know what you've got on the edge. You don't know what you have at tight end. You don't know, you know, if, if guys can catch the ball, if guys can get open, if guys can get down the field, we know the defense is going to be solid. At his heart, Jim Crackle's a defensive guy. And so you can expect that the defense is going to play play well. You can expect special teams are probably going to be strong again like they were last year. We didn't have just one kicker. We had two. Now, they both graduated, but the soccer program tends to churn out kickers uh, who want to play football and end up contributing. So uh, it's it's – not really all that different from, say, Iowa, where you've got tremendous defense. And I'm not going to say Burlington's tremendous, but Iowa plays defense and special teams to try and set up their offense as opposed to their offense trying to offset whatever weaknesses you have in the other two. You know, a lot of this offensive-minded football in 2023 kind of overcomes whatever deficiencies you might have in defense and special teams. Burlington's not going to be built that way, I don't think, at least until they get their legs, so to speak, especially like we've talked about. If they want to throw the football, we don't know if they can throw the football because they've not really had to throw the football, haven't wanted to throw the football, especially the last two years. So Gabe Robinson, who both John and I know very well personally, he's chomping at the bit to get some opportunities. So hopefully he'll get them. We'll see what he does. You know, the easy answer probably is to say they're going to run the football, but defense may have to carry at least in the first couple of games until the offense kind of figures out what their 2023 identity is going to be. Well, uh, 
Coach Flaherty, talk to me about putting together a special teams. You got three weeks to do it. Uh, you may have guys that have experience kicking. It's not easy to kick. I don't think I could do it. Uh, some of these kids I see kicking 49-yard field goals in high school. I can't hardly believe it. But talk to me about that process. What do you need to put together a good special teams unit? Well, you got to have a desire to want to have good special teams. Uh, I know a lot of coaches at the high school level worry so much about offense and defense that they make special teams kind of an afterthought or reward for some of the guys who might not be uh, regular rep guys. And uh, we we made a decision early on in my head coaching career that that was not going to be uh, what we we're going to do. We were going to try to make positive gains either in flipping the field uh, by a kick or return uh, and then to put pressure on the kicking team one way or the other. So uh, the first thing is you got to have people who are committed to the process and the number one person, I know a lot of people are thinking the kicker is the number one person. The number one person that you need to find in your program is somebody who can snap the ball, who can get it there in 0.3 seconds or less and put it on the hands of a holder or a punter. You find that guy, you're, you're way ahead. The second thing is you've got to tell those kids who are kicking that they can't stand around and then just run out onto the field and kick. If they're not guys who play a lot, you've got to give them drills and, and goals to shoot for every day of practice to get better at their skill. I know we don't see a lot of onside kicking, but there's a lot of high schools um, in the United States that that's all they do. And they spend an inordinate amount of time practicing all the different styles of onside kick because you can't have a ball now go over the head of any return person in that first wave. So you got to find a way to spin it, roll it, bounce it, whatever it is on the turf. So, uh, that practice comes in and then then what we did I, I and i you know i really praise todd wegman and joe bowman uh, my special teams guys we set up something every day and we had two kick periods every day for different different reasons we had punt and pat on mondays we had punt return uh and and, and kickoff return on Tuesdays. On Wednesdays, we walked through everything. On Thursdays, we polished everything up. And when I say we had periods, Scott Mason would be working with the front five guys on a kickoff return. Ground guy would be working with uh, 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 pursuit guys in terms of punt and, and kickoff so they would understand lanes and how to squeeze down uh, on ball carriers. And then we would have John Flaherty who'd work with return guys on blocking because it's a special skill to block on a kick team. And we have seen enough highlight videos of guys who have been blown up by kick team members because they're not ready to block a guy. So you have to devote at least about 20 to 25 minutes a week to get ready for that. The last piece of the puzzle is the guy who's the most blessed who can catch and then just run like the wind. If he can make one guy miss, you're going to have a great special teams grouping. Can you teach that guy or is he just born like that? Well, speed, you can't really teach a whole lot. You can teach how to catch and circle under a ball just like you would an outfielder uh, of getting themselves in the position to catch 
correctly, and then to make one cut. Uh, I, I, I'm sure Scott gets tired of me saying that when we're in the booth, but too many guys try to make a lot of different moves right at the point of, of, of impact. And if they would just get vertical, make one cut, they're going to give themselves five to 10 extra yards. The very last thing is bravery. I would rather see a fair catch every single punt than a guy run up to the ball and then just watch it roll away. Get those extra yards out of the kicking game. Have somebody with some guts to step up in the middle, wave their hand and catch the ball. And you can do that now on a kickoff. So why not help yourselves out offensively by just catching the ball and, and get back out on the field. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Scotty Mason, uh, it's been too long. I, I, I love talking to you guys, man. I'm all, coaches got me all fired up. Uh, now, you guys do a great job of broadcasting the game. You're like my idols. You have that. You and, and Coach Flaherty work so well together. It's, 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 you probably, you don't even have to think about it. You know, you know what the other guys are going to do. Uh, but how can we follow your team through the streaming? And is there, I mean, the, you guys' camera angles are the best. I mean, you're the model for, for what all the other schools are trying to be. And, and look, man, it's just a bunch of uh, high school kids trying to figure out how to broadcast a game uh, in a lot of situations. Nobody knows what they're doing. I'm an old truck driver out here just knocking around in, in the little leagues uh, uh, trying to, to, to figure it out myself. But uh, you guys do it so well. How are we gonna? How are my listeners uh, and the people that love Greyhound football gonna be treated to to games that you guys call this week? And is there anything new in it? Well, first off, I appreciate all the kind words, but we got to give some credit where credit is due, and and we are just a small part of of that whole production that you talk about. So on on home nights, you can catch us in a variety of different ways. You can catch us on 1490 KBUR. You can catch us. I'm not sure if they stream through the TuneIn app anymore. I will find that out by the next time we talk. But I know that you can go to KBUR.com and you can live stream through your computer in that way. Um, but, but really, if you want to get an experience, you need to tune into YouTube and, and those addresses come out the day of typically on Facebook, broken centrifuge. Those guys, I mean, you can go to huddle and you can watch any video you want. You can tune in and watch a, even an Iowa high school sports network production. You can watch any high school production throughout the state, but you will not get any sort of, of feel for how it can be done unless you watch the guys from broken centrifuge get it done go back i think the first game they did was 2014 go back and type in burlington high school football in just the production quality back then and how it's improved through the years i want to say right now it's a company made up of six to eight highly committed highly
highly skilled, highly talented individuals who just had a dream, who decided they wanted to do something that wasn't being done down here. And so they not only do high school football, they did steamboat days when it was downtown still. They do snow bowl every year. Those guys are, and I even talked to uh, Michael Savage a couple weeks ago to B's game, and he said they were doing something. I want to say it was somewhere in Kansas. I mean, they are a small business that's growing, but their roots are right here in Burlington, Iowa, and they love football season. Well, they're, they're, so, they're amazing. The camera angle, the, the production is values for you, what you're doing. It's, you know, it's, it's maybe just a tick under an NBC or ABC production or something, you know. I mean, it's about done as well as it possibly can be done. And you get huge numbers. I, I pay attention to who's watching what games and stuff. And, uh, you know, with the resurgence of the team, two damn good years back to back, we're going into a third year. Everybody's bought into Kreckle's uh, uh, vision for the team. And uh, it's fun again. And like you say, you got 80 kids out. That's a lot of kids. You can do a lot with that. Uh, um, Coach Flaherty, uh, what are you thinking for this season? It's every everything that could be going well is going well, isn't it? Well, you know, the thing that you always worry about as a coach is making sure you stay healthy. So uh, you, you just hope that the offseason uh, in terms of conditioning and, and playing other sports has gone well. Uh, academics, always an issue that is out of your control. But once you get into uh, your two-a-day sessions, uh, it is how fast can you get these guys acclimated to the heat um, and the number of reps. If if you can get that under control by the, the first week, uh, you're in, in a in a great place. And you know, you asked Scott a while ago, you know, what's it going to do or what's going to take for the Greyhounds to get on top? And this old adage never changes. You win championships with defense. Uh, the Greyhounds have a have a great offense. And that could be their best defense because if they can minimize the clock for any team, and I guess I'm looking down the list when we see a, a Cedar Rapids Xavier, a Clear Creek, a Mana, uh, a North Scott, if you can keep their offense off the field, you've done a great job. And then you've got to be able to, to play defense on the other side, which comes down to being able to react and tackle. And so uh, I feel very good about what Jordan Webb's going to do uh, with the group of guys he has. And with 80 guys, you are absolutely right. You can play a lot of different uh, scenarios in terms of personnel packages. I would also let me throw in two other H's. He said health. I'm going to say humble and I'm going to say hungry. And I'm going to say humble because, for one, preseason rankings we know don't mean anything, but there is a poll of a sports writer, and I know it's making the rounds because my son, who doesn't play football, mentioned, hey, you know, we're ranked number nine in the country, well, or in the state, rather, and I, I looked at it, it's Webster City. Well, Webster City's located on the western part of the state, doesn't know much about the eastern part of the state's football probably, but has Burlington ranked number nine, assuredly based on how they played last year and what they came, what they're bringing back statistically. So in that respect, stay humble. Don't, you know, if you hear about that, don't get tied up in what, what you are or what you think you are. Think about what you could be. And that leads to the hunger. This team last year, five and four, this team lost three of those games. We're going to throw out North Scott because that was a beatdown. The other three losses by a total of 12 points. The last two losses 
lost by the Greyhounds in the final combined one minute of game time. They got beaten by Liberty on a touchdown and a two-point conversion in the final 28 seconds. They got beaten by uh, Fort Madison in week nine on a play in the final 30 seconds. So this team was that close. And you, uh, in opening week, they lose by a touchdown to Washington. They're that close to eight and one a year ago. And we're having a completely different conversation about, you talk about two great seasons. Oh yeah. 15 and five over the last two years. But instead we're five and four. We were left with what if, what if, what if. So stay hungry. These returners, the Robinsons, the Shizzles, the Donalds, all the guys on the offensive line, on the defensive side of the football. Can't you remember how they felt walking off the field last year at Fort Madison in week nine, knowing if they win, they go to the playoffs. But they lost on a touchdown pass in the final 30 seconds, and they leave that offseason or go into that offseason with a tremendously bitter taste. Well, I don't know if there's a, a Grammy for broadcasting or I'll, I'll give you a round guy radio golden microphone for the job you did describing that North Liberty game. Uh, you just, you know, the possibility that we were going to win that game and the just the way that it all came about and the way you guys worked to, you just worked those drives and you just, everything you said just captivated me the whole time. Uh, and that's what we're in this business about. We're trying to create excellence, and that was excellent. And the Greyhounds had an excellent season last year. I don't see any reason why they're not going to have an excellent season this year. And uh, uh, But is there, uh, 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 Scotty Mason there, is, is there a, a scrimmage or anything this Friday or a, a meet the team or an inter-squad thing? Or? Yeah, this Friday down at Bracewell Stadium, uh, and make sure you come down to the concession stand at field level because that's where I'll be as a part of the booster club. But, hey, that's an aside. Yeah, Bracewell Stadium, Friday night. Uh, John, help me with the time. What time is everything getting kicked off? It's actually a fall fest where uh, there will also be some volleyball action going on in Clark Fieldhouse. Yeah, all the teams will be introduced in some sort of fashion, and I think uh, – the, the gates open around 530, uh, get a chance to get in and uh, get some pictures taken with your favorite player or players. And uh, and then I think at about six, they do the introductions. Uh, and then depending on how they worked it out with West Burlington, Notre Dame, generally what happens is that on the south end of the field is the fresh soft JV scrimmage. And it's a controlled probably 30, 40 snaps. And then the varsity will do some sort of work on the north end. And then uh, after a time, then it'll be varsity through the whole field so they can kind of get some game-like situations set up. Well, I don't know about you guys, but, I mean, my numbers are off the charts. Uh, we're starting at playoff level last year. You know, I mean, it's like there was – a. Uh, uh, are you feeling that in the community? Is there that much excitement for uh, the season coming up? You know, I don't know. You know, I think everybody is – I mean, if you talk to the kids, they don't want to go back to school, but that kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with the beginning of football season. I don't know that Burlington – we don't unfortunately have that 
long-lasting tradition that, say, North Scott probably has or is developing or Bettendorf historically had or the Pekins or the Solins or the Sigourney Kyotas. And, and we're a little bit bigger community than even those that I just mentioned. I don't, I don't get the sense, John, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't get the sense that anybody's really circling the football season on the calendar i can tell you once it gets going everybody's all in especially when the team's going well but i don't recall a season ever where it's really been off the rails thinking this is some sort of special year no and and i can to me it's because everybody's kind of racing for the end of the summer i mean everybody's kind of going away in these last two weeks and Labor Day, we got to get down to the lake for one last time, and and then all of a sudden we're back at it because they know it, it, it's it's football season, and so uh, I really think that the excitement really doesn't start until that Tuesday after Labor Day when when kids are back in school full time, uh, and then that talk starts building. I just uh, I think everybody's kind of a let's wait and see, and when when I, I really believe that we're going to get out to a good start. And I think that just generates its own excitement. Yeah, well, I will. I will say this real quick: you couldn't ask for a better opener for people who follow Burlington football. When you think about how the last two seasons ended, two years ago, Burlington wins in the final half minute. Last year, Fort Madison wins in the final half minute. Both of those victories leading to playoff appearances for the winning teams. And now you're going to start a brand new season with two teams that, as I'll say in the uh, intro coming up here in a week and a half, separated by 20 miles, no longer in the same district, but they are rivals nonetheless, doesn't care what sport. You know, I hate to put it in these terms, but there's no love lost between Burlington and Fort Madison athletically. So if you're looking for a, a, a highly intense and matchup that promises to be full of energy with two good teams, with two teams with a lot of skill, position, talent coming back, it really doesn't get much better than Bracewell a week from Friday. Is that in Burlington? Yes, we open up, uh, we go home away, home away. We've got Fort Madison and Keokuk in weeks one and three with trips to Washington and Mount Pleasant before we start district play in week five at North Scott. Wow. Uh, it, it's, uh, that's, a, that's a good one to start out with, man. Uh, I've been watching, I've only been doing this for two, this is my third year, you know. So the first year I did it, that Williams kid run all over everybody, had a season that took my breath away. You went to the playoffs, uh, uh, and I was all jazzed up. I mean, so I didn't, and I didn't really remember the times when you guys maybe didn't have the best records or, or struggled along way. I saw you dominate, and then last year's team was so exciting, and I'm so excited to see Shizzle this season. Uh, and I can tell you this: I've had over 1,100 episodes, and the interview I did with Coach Kreckles in the top 25 of all of those. Uh, well, there's some interest in your team. Believe want, it. Yeah, he would be a guy that you want to talk football with. He's he's kind of that old school throwback guy that would sit around and, and just remember games from yesteryear and, and just really paint a, a great picture of uh, what football really can be. Well, you guys was the ones that, that got him on the show, and uh, uh, he loved it. And he's, he, when he got done, he says, you call me anytime. I'll come on. We've had him on a couple of times, I think. And we're going to have him on after this, uh, uh, before the season starts again. But, man, I've enjoyed talking to you. I just keep talking and talking and talking to you. But uh, 
uh, you guys' wives and uh, uh, people that love you probably want uh, some of the, some of your time back. Yeah, I, I told my wife I'd be home by a certain time, and that's in like ten minutes. So we were talking about wives being mad at us. Yeah, yeah. I, I stayed out of that conversation, but now I've got to enter it unless we wrap this show up. Well, Scotty, you got anything that we didn't uh, uh, get to talk about that you wanted to? No, uh, you know it's uh, football season. Like I say, uh, I I'm a huge Bears fan, always have. So I've always been a, a football guy. You know, we talk. You talked a lot, and you're very glowing, and you're in your descriptions of John and I. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate the support of you and everybody that listens. You know, I I did this when I started because of a guy named Don Brandt. Anybody who knows. Southeast Iowa football, whether it was Burlington football or SEC basketball or baseball when they made trips or Burlington basketball, Don Brandt was synonymous with Southeast Iowa athletics. And so, you know, when I had this opportunity, we talk about why we do this and why I'm so passionate and why we have so much fun. You know, I'm, I'm trying to, to create, you know, I've been blessed enough to be asked to do this. So hopefully there's a group of kids out there that 20 years from now might look back and say, you know what, when Flair and Mace were on the radio, that's what made me want to do this. And uh, so I appreciate everybody who listens, everybody who tunes into your podcast, everybody who listens and watches on Friday nights. I mean, it's just a, it's a great experience. There's nothing better than Bracewell on a Friday night, uh, win or lose. It's such a tremendous setting. And uh, just, you know, if you, if you're away from there, you want to tune in, I hope you have some fun listening to us. All right. Well, uh, I think there's just a resurgence to just to go see high school sports again. And it's so, always so great. Thanks for being with us, guys. Thanks, Ron Guy. Thanks, sir.